0: Linux fans. Welcome to Destination Linux, Episode 4. I'm Rob. And I'm Rocco. How's it going, Rocco? Well,
1: it's going, Rob. There's some white stuff out there right now. Tell me about it. I woke <laughs> up to 8 inches of that white stuff this morning. <laughs> well, I don't have that much. I only have about an inch on the ground, and but it is snowing still, so I guess it'll be that way for a while.
0: Well, where I live, you know, we could get one, maybe two snowfalls a winter and that's about it sometimes we'll get a little ice I'm kind of in the foothills of the North Carolina mountains and so we're not really prepared I mean you know we don't have snow blowers things like that you know here at my house I have a 13 year old with a shovel right So we'll, we'll be snowed in for a while but that's kind of fun at times you know well see that's why I always say life's a garden dig it <laughs> <laughs> that's, right. that's exactly right
1: so, so Rob we got some changes going on here Yes, we do. Yes. For the better. For the better. So we are changing our podcast over from SoundCloud to a company called Podomatic. And so the RSS feed is going to change. But uh, it's actually going to allow us to continue doing the podcast and not kill the wallet. Right. That's right. (laughs) So, because what happens is SoundCloud allows you to do two episodes, basically, for what we do. Two episodes, and then it hides all the rest of the episodes. So, as we go along, like this is the fourth episode now. So, now once we upload this, the first two will drop off where they won't be searchable anymore. And we kind of want to make them so that they're available no matter where you're at or no matter how long time goes by so um so we did we are switching over to podomatic which will give us more flexibility in that area and we are going to from this episode on start posting the this podcast on the destination linux youtube channel yes rather than our own separate channels so we will probably do some kind of um you know, notice on our channels saying that there's a new episode on destination Linux, but the the videos will no longer pop up in the big daddy channel or the Linux quest channel.
0: Yeah. And I think you're right. I think some way we need to just let viewers know, uh, because not everyone's listening to the podcast. Um, and so if we don't post something on the channel, like we have in the past to say, Hey, uh, move on over to destination Linux, YouTube channel for the podcast, then, um, you know, we our goal here is to try to avoid confusion, and we had folks who didn't know whether to post on your channel, on the Big Daddy channel, or on the Linux Quest channel, and right. so well, we want a central place for that. And then Rocco, if you would just share the uh, email address for uh, for uh, comments and things well, like that. for
1: for the podcast itself, it'll the podcast page it will be nextdestinationlinux.podomatic.com, and we'll put the links. In the description and the notes, um, the RSS feed we will put in there as well. Uh, the YouTube channel can be found by; it doesn't have a an actual name; it's it's just a, a username. So it'll be Destination Linux, and the email will be com comments at destinationlinux.tech.
0: Very good, very good. So our hope there, and of course, with the RSS feeds and everything pointing to iTunes and to Stitcher you should still be able to um, download the podcast in your favorite podcast app, correct?
1: Yep. Uh, You'll still be the RSS feed was accepted, so you'll still be able to get it. Uh, You'll just, will have to, I guess, basically resubscribe on um, through that RSS feed rather than the other one. Right. And I'm sorry that, uh, we're trying. We're like switching this, um, but it's actually for the better. It's actually. It may be a little bit more confusing right at the moment because of us switching it, but it'll be for the better in the long run, with us consolidating everything into one place. And the other part of that is we do the podcast part, um, but I think we reach both all the all, both different audiences where you have people that listen, so that'll be great for podcasts, But you have people that only listen or watch on YouTube, right? So um, I think it'll be best for everybody involved if it's all on one in one place.
0: I agree. And I, and our other goal, too, as you said in, in the beginning there, uh, we didn't want there to be a limitation to the number of podcasts or a limitation of only two podcasts, two episodes. And I myself, when I listen to podcasts, there are times when I'll remember something that was in a podcast that was three, four weeks ago, you know. And yep. so oftentimes I'll go back and re-download that podcast to listen to that segment. And uh, so we want to be able to kind of share it the same way and have multiple ep- episodes available if you want to go back in the archives, so to speak. Right.
1: And and that's the thing. You can download the episodes, but you're not going to keep all the episodes on your phone. I mean, uh, that would be ridiculous. Right. So if you need it, right. you could re-download it. But the way it was before, um, you couldn't do that. So is and it bad? even? And even paying for SoundCloud would not allow us to continually keep it because of the fact of the way SoundCloud's set up. So right. it's it's better uh, for us and for
0: everybody included to have it on Potomatic. Is it bad of me Rocco that I have all of our episodes downloaded on my phone?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. <isn't> <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> no, I have them too. So I I don't even know what I have set for the uh the player as far as settings are concerned of when it deletes it or when it doesn't. So I don't know if there's a time yeah. frame that goes by or storage space
0: yeah. And our goal there is just to kind of keep, you know, we, at this point, we, we don't want to get into anything as far as subscription or we're not asking for payment or anything like that. We just, you know, we enjoy doing the podcast. We want to, we want to find an economical way to keep those podcasts up there uh, for the people who enjoy it. And so I think, as you said, Rocco, this is a change for the better. So
1: Yep. It's definitely a change for the better.
0: All right, So, and we're going to put all the links to uh, the Destination YouTube channel and everything in there in the uh, comments. So, Rocco, do you think we'll post this episode in both of our channels again, and then that way everyone will see them in your channel and my channel and know?
1: Um, I guess we can post it in all three of the channels for this week. This time. This yep. time, and that way people won't miss out on it.
0: And then moving forward, yeah, uh, everyone will just know where to go from there on out, so... So, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get one of those. You do. They're, they're pretty fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, Rob, what do we got in the news, man?
0: Well, we've got a little bit of news. We've got some fun news, and then we've got some scary news. So What? Yeah. Fun and scary. It's like, fun a, and scary. It's like a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. I want to cover the, uh, let's hit the fun news first. Okay. So, uh, I've got fun a question for you. Got a question for you before we. So the first article here. <laughs> <Wow>. I compl- <laughs> I completely messed up and it launched right into. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, oh, I'm still there's recording. Our right there. There's our outtake.
1: I'm still so I'm recording. You, so, all right,
0: we'll Paul. So when I hit the link, it didn't launch into the new window as it should have. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna pick right back up.
1: We had technical difficulties. That's all.
0: Yep, that's all right. And here's our outtake. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna start right back up, Rocco. So, uh, did you know that Linux was everywhere? Rob, Linux is everywhere. That's all I'm saying. That's right. I mean, it's in our home electronics, our smartphones, our computers, of course. So this is an article about something I wasn't aware of and and it's kind of cool. I'm into cars a little bit. I've always kind of kept up with what's going on in the car world and you know, uh, used to subscribe to car magazines back in the day and that kind of thing. So the automotive grade Linux or the AGL group. It is a group membership that creates software for automobile manufacturers. Uh, And these are big names, too, Rocco. So you've got Mazda, Suzuki, Honda, Nissan, Ford, and Toyota, which is the world's largest automobile manufacturer. They're all involved with the AGL. And now Daimler, Chrysler, or, well, Daimler. Mercedes Benz used to be Chrysler is also joining in on the Linux revolution. This is an article from ZDNet, and it's a fun read, especially if you're interested in both uh, cars and Linux. And so, basically, you know, with all the smart cars and everything, you get into a brand new automobile today, and most of them have an infotainment center, you know, and uh, you You'll see Google is in the mix there with uh, their system. If you look at uh, most Hyundai vehicles today, they're using uh, Google's platform for that. Uh, very simple platform. Microsoft a few years back had a partnership with Ford, with InSync. Yeah, um,
1: I actually have InSync yeah. in my car.
0: Okay, so there you go. Um, but you know, I think Ford is making some changes there, and I think as time goes on uh people will or these car manufacturers will embrace linux more and more because it will allow them to go in and customize it for their particular line of vehicle as opposed to okay well i'm in a ford and i'm in a toyota and they both have the same infotainment center what's going on there
1: yep and you don't you know the article goes on to say you know you don't think car manufacturers are software companies but what they're seeing is they're seeing the potential to basically enhance their line of cars and this is it's It's all about the money so that's right if <laughs> you can make money and it's not just you know it's everybody is involved well not everybody there's a ton of different companies like you said you mentioned a couple of them and uh but there's not just car companies either you know it's qualcomm um it's cinema Cin- cinema cinema uh Easy ETRI, for you to say. Yeah, Eureka. I mean, these are not just uh, car companies. These LGs involved. Um, right. So these are all that people get. It's basically going to be a collective of so- companies that are combining their efforts to have software that's across the board where they all can be interlinked.
0: And it looks like they're going to be working off of a unified code base for that. So, you know, there'll be a base platform there, it sounds like, for each manufacturer to kind of build off of. And you know how it is, they partner with various uh, stereo uh, companies. So you might, you know, Infinity will have their own stereo brand that they've partnered with, so on and so forth. Yep. Uh, So you could see them kind of getting in the mix together there to say, hey, we've taken this unified code base and this is what we're offering. It's going to be interesting to see.
1: Samsung's involved, NVIDIA's involved, Oracle i mean the list goes on and on as far as how many companies are involved in this i think it's pretty awesome man
0: so could we one day you know uh sit down and uh interact or uh g- gain root access to our vehicle
1: <laughs> well <laughs> that kind of leads us to our next news article ain't
0: yeah it does you're absolutely right now this one's kind of scary uh, but not as scary i don't think for the linux world Uh, for Linux users as it would be maybe Windows users so apparently the kill disk which was out uh, targeting Windows systems uh, back in 2015 uh, apparently now they're targeting Linux Uh, they're demanding two hundred and fifty thousand dollars ransom so this is an article here on we live security and of course we'll have the link in the uh, show notes Uh, but apparently they're now targeting Linux users and uh, it will render the Linux machine unbootable, and it will also encrypt the files. But the uh, what's interesting here is, you know, not only is that terrible, but it sounds like even if you paid them, they they're not able to decrypt the files. So no. so it's, they're going to sock it to you double.
1: That, that's a I'm telling you. Well, see, that's where that's where the the Internet of Things comes into play or like we were just talking about with all them companies uh, combining software. And so basically, if for some reason they get into one part of it, they can get into all of it. And I'm not looking at this article from a, a technical standpoint. I'm looking at it from an end user standpoint where that's some that's some scary stuff. And the more that Linux gets popular, the more opportunity or chances that it gets visible the more time hackers have to try to exploit vulnerabilities in it. So I, I personally think Linux is 100 times safer than Windows. But the more yeah. it gets popular, the more open it is to people where they're going to say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to hack into this. We're going to do this. Now, 99% of all the vulnerabilities out there require you to be doing something ridiculous, standing on one head, holding the meta key and (laughs) running a certain program at the same time. Okay. So if you're a smart, common sense user, you're going to not have to worry about ransomware, viruses, spyware, especially on Linux. Uh, and And that holds true even in Windows for the most part, where I know I'm going into the Windows realm, but um that even holds true for the most part in windows if you're a common sense user you're not clicking on links i mean you don't log into your accounts by clicking on an email stuff like that <laughs> i mean you're you're not visiting off-road sites now granted there is tons of malware out there even on main sites okay um and that's why i run linux what i'm just saying as a general rule of thumb you're usually okay on a windows machine if you use common sense on a and, Linux machine, it's even better.
0: E- even on a Linux machine, it is not okay to click on the link of the Nigerian bank <laughs> as a hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. But he wants to send
1: you. it to you tomorrow, Rob. That's right, That's <laughs> and he's just waiting for your info.
0: That's exactly right. Well, you know, I think about this, and now with Kill Disk, and I, I've got to get deeper into exactly how um, how it target your system and what it does to your system uh but here's kind of one thing i wanted to discuss with you so now i've got a backup system basically Wait, coffee run uh coffee would be great okay, thank good. you very much <laughs> yeah sounds good smells delicious is that a new mm. Colombian roast <laughs> it actually is Colombian roast. <laughs> <laughs> um so just think about it from the standpoint of how you use your system now i keep all of my important files backed up in the cloud and you and i have been discussing uh Cloud backup and options there lately, because you're kind of going through some pains, I guess, with with certain ways you're keeping things backed up. I'm saying all of this to say, with things backed up in the cloud and with Linux being so easy to quickly reinstall your OS, I just, you know, for me, this doesn't bother me from the standpoint of, all right, so you've locked my system up, okay, you've encrypted all of my files, right? Uh, then I'm just going to, you know, pull out my USB flash drive. And I'm going to reinstall, uh, reformat my disk, and reinstall my OS. Yep. And laugh and laugh at you in the process.
1: That's pretty much that's pretty much it. You're going to you you always always should have a backup plan. Now I'm in between operating systems, like you said, and I ended up. Long story short, I have a lot of items on my hard drive. Okay, and it takes so long to copy items back over that I was switching distros so often that I didn't copy everything back over. So what happened was my files got fragmented where some were here, some were there. And you know, not that I would ever be confused about anything, but (laughs) um, long story short, I backed up some of it and I did it the wrong way and I lost some files. So I think we should get into talking about backup plans and storage because that would be a good topic to see um, what everybody's using, yeah, and what is the best way to best way for you in particular, me in particular, to do that. But so yeah, I lost uh, a few files, so it's definitely a a absolute must to have a backup file. I mean, I know that my I think my dad has three. Different backup solutions that he wow. uses. I mean, just in case you just never know. You know.
0: Rock, and, Rocko, I don't I don't know your father, but I like the man. I mean he's <laughs> running Ubuntu. He's got three backup systems. <laughs> um, he's
1: one of a kind, that's all I'm saying. Um, he uh, like I said, he's got a couple backup solutions and that's I'm not saying everybody needs three, but you need at least something to
0: have a backup.
1: So right. what do you use,
0: Rob? Well I've got two Basically, two straightforward methods that I use. One is I use uh, Google Apps, uh, Google Drive, the paid version for you know within Google Apps for my business documents, business files, and um, I keep that in sync uh, with a program, a a paid program called InSync. No pun intended. Uh, No pun intended. That's right. (laughs) What an appropriate name, by the way, for your app. Uh, It works very well. it basically is the missing client for for, for Linux. It's why we do not have a native Google uh, Drive sync client is beyond me. Now I know there are a couple of things you can do. Uh, There's a couple of programs out there, Uh, but for me the easiest thing, and because I wanted to make sure it was as stable as could be because it's business related, I paid for NSYNC, it was you know, 29 bucks for the Plus version and that keeps everything perfectly in sync, uh, you know, resident on my hard drive so I can access it like any other folder, you know. Right. Uh, and so if I delete it on my uh, system, it deletes in the cloud and vice versa. Uh, so I can just simply drag files and, and folders and programs or whatever over into that folder that is set up under in sync, and it'll automatically sync in the cloud. So I use that. And then I use a trusty USB hard drive, you know, that's sitting here off to the side.
1: Right. Well, I used to, I I never had any, I had cloud storage, but I never had um, utilized it before. So I used to have uh, two one terabyte MyBooks that I would back up to. Unfortunately, they have passed away into existence from old age and (laughs) they don't last very long, let me tell you. (laughs) And I I have a couple internal drives that I back up to. Um, So I had backup plans in place. I just didn't, uh, like I said, over the holidays and over trying new things, I didn't um, stick to the regimen of backing it up and then copying it all back over where it needed to be in order to sync. So what I would do is I'd have it on my drive and I would actually take a program either... Uh, there were times where I used Lucky Backup, which is a nice GUI for rsync, and then there is grsync, uh, which is another GUI for rsync. Um, so it basically you sync. I would sync my home folder with a folder over on the other drive, and it would delete everything that was there and copy everything over. It would it would wow. basically delete things that I had deleted from my home folder. It basically did the same thing as Insync did, okay? right? But like I said, I copied. Ha- what happened was I copied half of it over, and not all of it was over on my home folder. So then when I uh. went to sync it, it deleted it over there on the backup because it didn't find it on my home folder. So long story short, I need a new backup solution. So I've been looking at the two options that I have narrowed it down to is pCloud, which is a web-based um, service that keeps your files on the cloud and not on your computer. So you can access them, but you don't have them actually taking up space on your hard drive. Which gotcha. Which has its pros and cons. You know, like um, if you don't have internet, you don't have your files, period. Of right. Course, which, is, which is a big downer. But the upside to that is it doesn't take up any space on your hard drive. So either way. But then there – and the other thing is you could do with a program uh, – you said about Google – Okay. So you look at all the other ones like Dropbox and everything, but as I'm looking at it and I'm looking at it as an end user, like I said, so it's, I didn't want to go with a company that was in the news for being hacked. Okay. Right. And I, I don't have nothing in my files that I have to worry about somebody finding, but I still don't want people to have them. You know, there's a difference between nothing to hide and it's none of your business. Right. (laughs) There's a Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, such as your Nigerian bank account. <laughs> such as my Nigerian bank account that I didn't <laughs> acquire yet. But so I have not yet seen Google in the headlines as far as being hacked. You see all these companies, Yahoo and, and all these companies. So you definitely want to go with somebody that's reputable. The only problem is Google seems unhackable, except for they got the information (laughs) and who knows what they're doing with it. So there are downsides to Google. Um, But like I said, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to go with yet.
0: Well, something you and I have, I think, touched on before and something I would really like to look at setting up, but it's an investment, uh, is NextCloud. Yes. And, you know, with NextCloud, you're going to set up a server um, in your home. I mean, you could set it up somewhere else, but ideally you're going to set the server up in your home. Yep. And you're going to set up the, the next cloud software and, uh, you know, basically sync into your own cloud server, your files and folders and, and things that you want to back up. And for me, that's very attractive in that hard drive space is not crazy expensive these days. I mean, you could have a couple of terabytes of storage today without you know, getting crazy, uh, from a call standpoint. Right. And, and then, uh, you know, set up, set up my own cloud. There's, there's a lot there that's appealing to me about that from the standpoint of, like you said, um, you know, you've got Dropbox who I think have had issues with people gaining access to their servers and things like that. And it's going to happen with Google. I mean, the odds are there, you know?
1: Yeah. At some point it will happen. It just hasn't happened as of yet.
0: Right, right. So maybe that's something um, later on in the year, if you or I start to head down that path, maybe that's something we could kind of document. And certainly we could do a a podcast on it, because I think uh, I think that that's something that a lot of people out there would have interest in.
1: Well, there's pros and cons to that as well. I mean, the pros are that, you know, obviously nobody has access to your your stuff. Uh, Right. you You control the access to your stuff, which is. Which is awesome. I, I love that part of it. Uh, the, the other problem, is the con to that is that you do have to maintain that server and you yeah. do have to maintain that hardware. So if the hardware dies, it's the same as having a internal drive except for it's basically out of your system. So it's not on your system, which would be great. I would love it if I could get my internal drives out of my computer. Right. Because they always seem to cause issues somewhere along the line. Um so there's pros and cons to both situations. So I think it's definitely a, a good area to discuss and look at and see what can be done.
0: Yeah, there's lots of options and there's there, there are new options out there. And I know some of the viewers uh, out there are using you know various open source uh, backup solutions. And you're starting to see that in more distros too, where you have uh, backup programs pre-installed and, and set up for you to do easy backup. Right. Um, you know, I love the set it and forget it mentality of <clears throat> I just copy it in this folder and I know it's synchronized. Yep.
1: You know. Well, sync is good for that. Uh you you yep. put it on and it just syncs everything. So that is a good thing. I just not uh completely 100% sold on Google yep. yet. So
0: Well, we'll uh we'll keep up with that and maybe that's something maybe you'll have a solution by the next episode and we can kind of talk about what you did.
1: Well, maybe in the comments on YouTube people can suggest what they use for backup cloud storage or internal storage or next cloud um you can even send the comments to comments at destinationlinux.net or dot hey there you go there you go (laughs) i gotta get that one day i'm gonna get that right all the way through the the dot text one more time comments at destinationlinux.tech
0: awesome awesome yep so that'll be yeah that'll be helpful uh because there's so much out there and uh we've got some super smart Uh, Super savvy uh, viewers and listeners, for sure. So, yep, we do.
1: All right, so we went off the track there, Rob. But um... (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) I love going off the track, man. That's where you. That's what makes the show.
0: That's right. You know, it's a
1: normal (laughs) show for no. It's not even a show. It's just us talking about stuff. So that's what makes it fun.
0: Two, we like to pretend normal uh, Linux users. That's right. All right, so uh,
1: what do you got for DistroWatch, Rob?
0: Well, there's a lot happening. Actually, I was surprised at kind of what was uh, all going on this year. So, uh, and I'm not gonna get into all the details on everything here, but we've got a pretty long list of uh, activity here. You've got uh, uh, KAOS 2017.01, there's a new development release of Red Hat Enterprise Linux, it's uh, 6.9 beta. Uh, blank On, version 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we won't get into why we're chuckling over that yeah, one. we won't. Uh, Netrunner's up to 17.01. And then Solus, and I know you've heard of Solus. Before. I have, vaguely, <laughs> before. So Solus is out with uh, 2017.01.01.0. And so uh, something tells me we may talk a little bit more about that here in just a few. Huh. Uh and then another uh, distro here, which I, I'm not familiar with. Uh, Porteous. Uh, if I'm probably mispronouncing it, that's a uh, version 3.2.2. Yeah, I
1: I don't know if that's the one I'm thinking of be- from before that was uh, supposed to be a secure version of Linux or something like that. I forget. So I'll, I okay. won't. I'll leave my comments to myself. I may All be right. confusing it with something else.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And then our friend Jody James has got a new point release of OB Revenge. And so uh, definitely check that out because he's... I tell you, that guy, he, he must work all the time because he's really added a lot to this point release. And I think that uh, Sudo Reboot has already posted a video uh, and gone through kind of the point release updates and additions and things like that to OB Revenge. So definitely check that out.
1: I finally installed ob revenge last night and started really taking a look at it yep so i'll uh maybe in future episodes i'll do i'll talk about it but i just installed it last night so it went well
0: it's a nice distro and and um that's one that i think um you know we'll we'll be talking about it definitely more throughout the year because as often as he's updating and innovations in place there and things that he's doing uh yeah it's it's going to be here to talk about and and i just enjoy that distro
1: if all i'm going to say about it is if you didn't know you were on arch you wouldn't know that you were
0: on arch (laughs) yeah that's a good point point. yeah so uh as we were talking earlier that we were going to discuss uh solus os a little bit uh so there's there's been some good changes i would say positive changes within Solus os um they're they are
1: actually updating it pretty quickly lately and i installed it last night and you know when i installed Solus before it was a uh, it was like foreign to me okay and that was way before i installed gnome and everything else so it was it was nice. It was actually nice and modern looking and had a good feel to it, but it was still foreign to me. So then after running GNOME for a while, and then, like I said, last night or the night before, I installed Solus everything seemed to be a little bit less foreign to me so it was it was actually pretty nice oh that's why that's like that (laughs) um i i understood more why things look the way they did it actually looks really nice um and i love the raven menu Uh, it's just absolutely awesome so yeah it's definitely got some good things going for it
0: so from that standpoint you know the the first time you install Solus with the uh, Raven side uh, panel and everything, side menu and everything, yep. plus the theming that you can tell they focused in, and it's such a cohesive feel. It is. Uh, you know, uh, it's and the Bungie desktop, you got to find your way around a little bit there because it's, it's different in a lot of ways. Um, but it's just all around a very nice distro. But it's well, not different
1: well, I, in it's not different so ba- in bad ways though. No, because it's no. just
0: different. You know,
1: you're used to uh, not not you in particular, but somebody who installs it. You're used to a certain way. I it's, it's the same thing with GNOME. Like I'm used to a certain way because I'm a KDE user, and I go into right. GNOME and I'm completely lost until I learn how to do it. And it's like, oh, that's pretty good.
0: And, and that's and the it, same
1: way Solus is.
0: And if you uh, have any conversations with anyone who's running Solus for a period of time, more so than what a distro hopper like us would, you know, <laughs> some, someone who's running it for a period of months, man, they get locked in, and they don't want to run anything else. They absolutely love it. And, um, you know, and you can see that there's a lot of hard work that has gone into the, I guess, the unifying feel of, of the UI and the OS as a whole. Uh, which makes it difficult for me to say right now i prefer the mate desktop version of solus
1: well it's funny you say that because i tried to install the mate version and i came up with an error okay so oh. it went through the whole install process and it ended up coming up with an error but i did boot into the live environment and look at it and even running on and i hate to say this i mean i'm not down in solus in any way but i hate to say this but Even running on the live USB, the brisk menu is twice as fast as the menu in
0: Solus in budget. I'm sorry. I've got it right here on this um, spare old monitor and and this older piece of Asus hardware I found here. So I've got uh, Solus Mate with the brisk menu here. And this system is no speed demon, believe you me. And that brisk menu is the fast. You go to type a word in for search. And dude, it's before I hit the next letter on the key. Yes. It's like it's already pulling up and listing. It's it's so fast.
1: Well, you can you can click on the menu in Budgie, and it'll open like a normal like you know KDE will open. When you open the menu in Brisk, it just it's instant. It's it reminds me of uh, the Whisker menu in XFCE. Yes. It kind of looks similar, uh, but it's got that modern feel to it. Yeah. (laughs) It's really nice. I I mean, (laughs) Ike Darty has done an awesome job at coding that and making it work well. And they're just, they're just continually updating it. They're going to be adding favorite, the favorite section to it so that you'll have a favorite section along with the recent and uh, the categories. So they're doing such awesome work with it. I love it.
0: It is awesome. And then, so you just nailed, I think, I think you said it for me there. I hadn't really put it together but you're right. It's it kind of reminds me of the XFCE menu as far as speed and kind of layout, uh, but it's so much more modern feeling and looking. Maybe, yeah. I, you know, and I don't know what it is about XFCE that makes me feel like I'm running something a little too old, like I'm running XP. Yes. I really like. I really like. No hate mail here, but I really like. XP. <laughs> you, know? you opened I, up the worms.
1: <laughs> the I know. Worms I, is open. <laughs>
0: I really like XFCE, but when you jump onto something like this new brisk menu, it allows you to see and and feel, I guess, how it feels. Date XFCE feels dated compared to this new brisk menu. Um,
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that there's nothing wrong with the Whisker menu. It's a it's a very nice menu, but and you don't really notice the difference when you're using it. Okay, but then when you see something else, it's almost like, you know, you're looking through your glasses or I'll say for me because I wear glasses, but I'm looking through my glasses and I don't realize how much dust is actually accumulated on there until I go like this. And I say, wow, holy mackerel. (laughs) Until I see something else that's clear and I say, wow, that's clear. And then I say, oh, my gosh, that's the difference. And that's the same way with the uh, whisker menu to me, where it's fine and it's great for what it is. And XFCE itself is good. It has tons of customization options. But when you run something else and you see and you compare it to that, you're like, okay, this is this to me is a better feel. And that's the way the uh, Brisk menu feels to me. It's light. It brings all all the optimizations, all of the speed, all of the everything from the Whisker menu, and it puts it into a modern interface and looks great.
0: Uh, it absolutely looks great And Rocco, it's got me Okay, alright, so I'm going to have to I'm going to have to have a session
1: go.
0: I'm going to have to have a session within. Uh, we'll have Distance a session, Rob Anonymous. Yeah. We'll have a session I'm going to have to call into the hotline uh, Because now here's what It's got me thinking Okay, I'm going to so. make an
1: email address DHA at DestinationLinux.tech <laughs> <laughs> That's great
0: That's great So, all of you distro hoppers who in the middle of the night need help, (laughs) there'll be an 800 number. Uh, But, um, so, it's got me thinking, okay, every time I run Solus, I'm like, man, this is so nice. And it Mm -hmm. feels so stable, and it feels fast. And again, even on this old hardware, it just runs great, okay? So, now with this Whisker menu, which, again, it's so fast, it's modern it's just, it's laid out the right way. You've got controls where they need to be. And yep. like you said, when they, when they add the favorites, I think that's it. Bam, it's it's going to be like one of the perfect menus.
1: They, it will bring itself up to be one of the best menus out there in any restaurant. Right.
0: So now, you know, I'm running KD. I'm loving KD on Antragos and Antragos yep. and uh, all that three thing. of those. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> all and, of them. Uh, <laughs> and, And I'm loving it, and it's set up, and it's so sweet. And I keep saying to myself, you know, gosh, I love KDE. I'm so glad I'm running KDE. You know, and this is the desktop I'm going to stay with. But now I'm running this thing, and I'm thinking, okay, the only thing missing here in Solus for me really is the AUR. It's the AUR. So how would I solve that? That
1: is the one downside to running Solus. Okay, that, and, and I'm not. Again, I'm not busting on Solus. It's just that that's the one con to running Solus is where you're locked into the software that they have in their databases and right. the ones they have put in. So, for example, and I maybe I missed it, but I did not see Chromium in the database in Solus. There's Chrome, wow. uh, but I didn't see Chromium. So maybe I missed it, but if that's not in there, that's like a major down point. Now, there may be ways to install software from out you know third party other than Solus, but um i don't know so how would you fix using the brisk menu and still being on arch hmm. well i wish i didn't
0: know <laughs> but you do know Ron. <laughs> and so now i can't not know it you know uh yes. which would be uh if you did a successful install of uh, antragas mate with the new Brisk menu, which is available in the AUR, right?
1: It's available in the
0: AUR, yes. So, now I want to back up to something you said. Um, You're right, with Solus, you're going to be limited on their repositories. Mm -hmm. There's a a definite plus to that, is that anything that goes into that repository, they have either tested or have a a history of, as far as stability, how well it runs and interacts, and that's part of what I think makes Solus so sweet is that whatever you're running on here is going to run and run well. It's going to look right. Um, you know, it's, they're going to mix it in with the theme as much as possible. The applets are all going to interact and work the way they should. Right. Uh, you start getting into the applets and things here within Solus, and you realize all the work that's going into it because everything is just the way it should be. So there's a positive side to having that limitation. There is that whatever you do install from the from their repository, it's it's going to work. You know. Yes. Now there's always an, there's always an exception. Things can happen. Uh, I heard a little blip where uh, someone asked or started the conversation. Maybe it was the um, oh gosh Linux Action Show where they were talking to Ike about snap packs. Mm-hmm packs and boy <laughs> did he have a few things to say about that so yeah
1: he's got so, well, he, he was he was had a very strong opinion about this
0: yeah and so you know but to me that's almost and i don't want to get off on that subject i'm not bringing that up uh but um
1: bring it up Rob, me, bring it up
0: <laughs> yeah but no to, to me if the, again if i could just take the aur and plop it over into Solus. yeah uh, with but this that's,
1: setup, but that's basically what the long-term goal of snaps or flat packs are correct. Um, I mean, right, they are. The long-term goal is to be able to take a program, install it on any system, and have it be updated constantly by the developers. So to make it easier for the developers to update their own apps, rather than to uh, have um, to update a, a .deb package and then a PPA or then a uh, tar file or they're so they don't have to update all of these things they right can update one item and it'll work on any system now they still got to work out the bugs for it but man can you imagine
0: oh it would be well i'll tell you what i'm going to do honestly i'm so impressed with this with mate on here with with um, the uh, brisk menu i'm going to go through and i'm going to search for every piece of software that i use day in day out and see all what's right. there and see what's not um
1: they already they, have a selection a good selection you know OBS, they do yes uh all kinds of different things NPAS, password manager uh all kinds of different selections they already have a good selection it's just that not everything's in there
0: if they don't if they don't have it well here's the problem not if they don't the problem is this we both enjoy our youtube channels and mm-hmm. we're always digging into things uh you'll have a viewer who will say hey check this out yeah. this is an awesome piece of software well chances are if i go through the aur i'm going to find it not always
1: 99 percent of the time you'll find
0: 99% it. 99 percent of the time with Solus, i just don't see that happening you know and and yes there are ways to go and 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 build the package out and things like that but i just simply do not have the time to do that in the arena of wanting to try that to do a video and share with people right
1: well, there's from... a lot of things going on. I mean, you have yeah. you have your channel, you have your videos you want to make. You have life going on. So, that's right. Uh, to be to have to sit there and do jump through hoops to make something work is not exactly the best for everybody. If you got the time, that's great, and that's kind of where I am with Arch as well. Installing a plain Arch system. If you have the time and to learn and to buy into the the researching of everything, that's great but I don't at this point in my life have the time to research everything I need to know in order to make an arch install work so that's where Intergos comes in uh, Manzaro comes in Obi Revenge so that makes it a whole lot easier
0: right well, and so that's where I said I know what the solution would be here, and you know what the solution is here. In fact, you tried it, which is, if I want to experience this environment, this UI that we have here with Mate with the Brisk menu, for me, the logical thing would be to do an install of Interagus, uh with Mate and the Brisk menu and set it up. Now. Am I going to miss all the uh, legwork and the UI and the theming and customizations that have gone into Solus? Yeah, that part is not going to be set up for me. Right. Uh, it would actually be much easier if, if Ikey would just overnight transition the AUR over to Solus here for us. I don't know why he can't do that, Rob.
1: It would seems like call- a simple fix to me. <laughs> you just plop the AUR right into Solus and you're good, right? Uh, Ike, if you're
0: listening... And we know you're not. Yeah, probably uh, not.
1: <laughs> I think he's got way better things to do than listen to I'm, this.
0: <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he does, but if someone knows Ike that's listening, uh, just just please. But no, that would be you know that would be awesome. So anyway, it's a great setup. The brisk menu. I I love what they're doing here. When they add favorites, I think we both agree it's it's going to be an awesome awesome menu.
1: Well, if you go to their GitHub page, the, it shows you the planned features that they're actually going to implement at some point and favorites is one of those so yeah i can't wait to see how good it really gets because it's it's really already i mean it's brand new i mean i just started a few months ago a month or two months ago yeah not even yeah it's already becoming a great menu can you imagine in a couple months a year from now what it's going to actually be like so i think it's great
0: now on the flip side too ubuntu um Mate users out there, Ubuntu Mate users have access to this now, and uh, so that would be something to kind of hear a little feedback on what your experience with the Brisk menu, I'm sure it's fantastic, I mean, uh, you know, the the work there with Martin Wimpress and Ike collaborating like we talked about on previous episodes there, I mean, you've got two great talents coming to get well, and then you've got uh, Elementary OS, some folks yeah. from Elementary OS involved there too, so it's all good, man.
1: Hey, uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to do a little research because I do have Ubuntu Mate installed on another drive. So I'm going to have to do some research on how to install the Brisk on Mate because I don't know if it's readily available or if you got to jump through hoops to install it. So, right, right. But uh, that would definitely be something to look at right now. Man, can you imagine like oh. the, the Ubuntu Mate with the Brisk menu? I can't wait. Uh, very <laughs> nice. Very nice. And then somebody else has got a problem. And then somebody else has got a problem <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> with their distro hopping ways. Uh, it just never so, ends, man. Yeah, that's right. So, um, we've had, I think quite a, uh, actually let me put it this way. I'll back up. We've had more interaction, uh, with the podcast than I expected. Uh, okay. we've had some very kind comments and, and things like that, uh, based on the podcast. And so we thought it would be kind of nice to share a couple of those. And then what are we calling this now? We're calling this the...
1: We're taking a drive over to the YouTube corner.
0: The YouTube <laughs> corner. That's right. We're not going off the YouTube cliff. No, We're just no. going to go over to the YouTube Just corner. to the corner and look out. <laughs> See I the like view. That. So uh, we've, we've, uh, we've come up with the YouTube corner because you guys are awesome out there. The viewers... Um, of our channels and now listeners to the podcast and so we thought we could combine tips and comments and questions and all of that into the youtube corner
1: let's just try to keep the questions not so technical no i'm just kidding yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we like simple questions simple here. questions like you know what colors the sky <laughs> that's, that's a good wild. question that is a good question what happens if you right click on the ubuntu mate desktop we can mm-hmm. answer those questions so but uh but yeah so if you want to kick us off rocco so
1: well um we had a comment in the last episode from rk and he asked about installing ubuntu mate on a mac mini and he was asking about ReFind, and he ended up fixing it uh he found the solution for himself um and i'll read what he wrote he says i can't believe it but i solved the problem myself i was searching the internet and i saw the word uh no mode set i used that command to launch the live disk i thought of course i found a web page that told me how to edit my grub file to make permanent and it worked hooray so i'm happy to see him there's nothing better that when you're having this issue and it's just driving you nuts and you finally get it fixed it's just so much relief and like it's exhilaration you know yes i actually yes. did it so i'm i'm actually happy that he solved it for himself because
0: that actually makes it better for him so that makes it better for him and when you share that information in a forum where people with similar interest are are there then yep. it, it helps the community and so
1: and it's always there. So it could be, you know, two months from now, six months from now, somebody comes along that post and that's what helps them fix their problem. So it's just an ongoing thing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there. Then we had a comment uh, about the podcast in particular mm-hmm. uh, from Daniel Gomes. And Daniel just kind of wrote into us and really. I was blown away by his kind words. Uh, he, he kind of just talks about, he listens to the podcast on his way to work. And, uh, he even mentioned, Daniel said, you know, uh, whenever our podcast, when destination Linux podcast comes in, he stops what he's listening to and comes (laughs) over to, which is Daniel. Thank you so much. I mean, we, we are glad you enjoy it and we're glad that, uh, you let us know, that you're enjoying it uh that's awesome to hear because we have no clue really other than the feedback from you know good folks like yourself who just let us know if you like it or not uh we do it because we enjoy it but we don't know if other people enjoy it maybe right. they uh, maybe they listen to it just to get a, a laugh out of us <laughs> or, a la- or a
1: laugh because of us maybe yeah, but
0: we have as much
1: fun making it as people would have listening to it you know i, I mean so. that's yep. what's that's what's great about it so and Daniel's comments were, you know, from the heart, basically. It was a, yeah. it, seem, it seems like he's a down-to-earth guy who's just going to work every day and he enjoys listening to the podcast. So that's great. I love it.
0: Yep. It's awesome, Daniel. Thank you for letting us know, buddy.
1: All right. So then we have one um, talking about uh, Antargos. So it's a tip, basically, he's given. So Why don't you read the tip and I'll read the next one? How's that?
0: Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, this is from Tech Chibi24. Uh, Hello, Tech Chibi. Uh, So, he goes on to talk about, uh, he says, Hey, I get the feeling that you use Antragos a lot, you know, from the videos. I don't know
1: where he gets that from, Ron.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And uh, so, he's talking about the Cinchi installer, which I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, as part of the setup install process, the setup uh, process. So, he's got a great tip here. He said that there's a hidden mode which lets you choose some of their unlisted desktop environments. He said that they're not generally available, uh, but it's kind of like for developers. And so, uh, but he says, heck, most of the rolling releases are kind of like for developers (laughs) anyway. uh, So anyway, to use it, uh, you quit the installer. So you start the install process, and it looks like you then quit the installer, and then you just go into terminal. You open up the terminal, and you type uh, sudo senchi.com hyphen DVZ and apparently what that will then do is relaunch the uh, installer in a mode that will allow you to get access to other desktop environments. So I haven't tried it yet uh, tech jibby but uh, but that one's going to be fun to try and I appreciate the tip that's a that's an awesome tip so. That That is
1: an awesome tip. Just beware, though that um you know, don't enable the developer mode and then install it and then say why it's just not working because it oh. should
0: be working. Oh, and I just thought of something, and I don't think that this is the case, but we have to be careful. You know, just just now that I'm thinking about this, we better try these tips before we share them because you never know what typing a certain command in your terminal is going to launch.
1: I'm telling you, (laughs) it's not always the best thing to start typing in terminals. That's why I said, just be careful in what you're doing, what you're, you know what you're expecting. It may not exactly run the way it's supposed to. So that's right. That's right. All right. So um, there's another question that we have and I'm not exactly sure about this. So I'll put it out there for you and for everybody else to see what they think. LAZEX needs to LazX? LAZEX? LAZEX. Yeah. He needs some he needs some advice. Uh and he was wondering if there was a way to normalize the master audio output in Linux. So he says, I love Linux, but I don't like playing movies or music because the audio out is not normalized. And I have to manually adjust the volume levels constantly. So in Windows I used the K Lite codec pack, which I remember that too, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which has a plug-in option to normalize the main audio out, but I can't seem to find a way to do this in Linux. Any help would be greatly appreciated. So, I don't know. I'm not an expert in audio. I I mean, I do like the sound to be good, but uh, most players, music players, have a gain or something in it to normalize the audio, but that's not going to be across the main system. So, you know you have may find a music player that does that but you're not going to find that with that includes videos and and everything unless you wanted to use i mean the the idea is you want to use your own software whatever software you prefer and still be able to normalize the audio that's what his goal is i guess
0: right so well yeah do I, I don't I, I don't really have any answers I, i'm not an audio audiophile enough to know on the linux side what you would use to go in and normalize basically you're talking about normalizing the system sound correct
1: yes anything coming out of the main audio output he wants to normalize it so that he doesn't have to raise and lower the volume
0: i wonder if pulse audio control would give you the ability to go in and you know i've messed around with pulse audio control and tried to go in and and set various settings but I just don't know. We don't we don't know, but we're going to toss it out there for people who know much better than we do. What would you use to do that? I have to think there has to be something.
1: There has to be something. I just Well, there doesn't have to be something. I mean, it couldn't be there may be that may be something that you can't do. We
0: we really really want there to be something. We
1: want there to be something, but <laughs> I don't know if there actually is. So Yeah. Yeah. If anybody has any tips like I said Post them in the YouTube comments or email them to comments at destinationlinux.tech. I got it right. <laughs> you got it. Good job. Good job. Uh, so, yeah.
0: So and we've got one more. Is that right?
1: Um, we have – let's see here. Hold on. Um, I don't know. If, oh, yes, we do. Matter of fact, I lost my train of thought there.
0: Well, I've got it here. I've got it pulled
1: up if you'd do like it, me to Do it. Do it. But, I'm yeah. actually going to pull up another one as well.
0: So this is, uh, this was an email here directly to uh, Destination Linux. Uh, So I'm just going to read through this. Dear R&R, I have a friend who uh, would like to try Linux on a now middling Mac desktop, as I have convinced him that the performance would be better. I directed him to KDE Neon, which after watching your terrific year-end show was not the best idea. Mate would have been a better choice. Uh, But I noticed that when one downloads a distribution, it seems that the resulting ISO corresponds to the host. my PC, he's saying there in quotation, processors make, uh, mine being an AMD. So what he was wanting to basically, and I'm not going to go through all of the details here, but his friend has an Intel-based Mac, and uh, he said that when he goes to pull in or download the ISO, should he be choosing uh, the ISO that states that it's an AMD 386 uh, ISO? Um, so, let's see here. I want to make sure I'm not missing anything else that would be uh, pertinent to the question. So, he says, there's, is there a general problem with Mac machines and Linux when the Mac employs an Intel processor? So, uh Hopefully, I was able to explain that to where everyone's got the gist of it. Oh well, let me let me go back. I'm sorry. That is from uh, R. F. Whitmer. So I have never
1: installed Linux on a Mac, and I'm not uh, technical enough to know what you have to do. So if anybody can help us out here, that would be great. But according to MacWorld, um. There, it's very simple to install a uh, Linux distribution on Mac. Uh, with, granted if that you actually follow the tutorial that they have, and I'm, I'll post a link to a tutorial that they have for installing a uh, Linux distribution on a Mac. But basically, you download the ISO. Uh, they suggest you uh, burn it with Etcher, but that's doesn't. You don't have to burn it with Etcher. You can burn it with right. one of the other ones. Right. Um, you choose the normal, uh, and they recommend you choose the normal Ubuntu 16.04.1 desktop image, which is the AMD64. Right. Um, you flash it to a drive. And then what happens is when you boot up into this, um, let's see here. You make sure, put the drive in, matches your thumb drive in size. It should be disk one. If you only have a single hard drive in your Mac uh or disc two disc three and so on so you pick the drive do not pick disc zero because that's your hard drive (laughs) right right you definitely don't want to flash it to the wrong drive okay so you power up and the the main uh thing of this is you choose the efi efi boot option now that may be part of the problem where it has to do with uefi enabled maybe i don't know depending on what system he's running uh they people might need more info as far as that is concerned to actually help but you edit the line you'll see a black screen with the options to try ubuntu or install ubuntu Uh, and it says don't choose either you press e to edit the boot entry and um, you edit the line and i'm not going to read out the whole sentence but it also has to do with that no mode set that uh, rk solved his problem with and you put it in a specific line and then it'll actually install
0: after you reboot so um so what we're going to do here we're going to put the link to this article uh, in the notes uh for wit and uh by the way wit i wanted to say hello and you are our first emailer to uh destination or to uh comments at destinationlinux.tech. yep first one <laughs> yep so thanks thanks wit and we appreciate you listening to wit Uh, So we're going to post the link to that article, which sounds like it may be helpful, but also we would just like to ask, again, um, any of you Linux fans out there who are experienced with running Linux on Mac or installing Linux on Mac, because I am personally not, um, and Rocco, you've never really run a Mac or or installed Linux on a Mac, so we're kind of at a loss there, but we do want to help you, and so we're going to call out uh, uh, any of our mac linux users to offer up any advice there that would be helpful for uh, this particular question from whit somebody's got to know rob so that's know. right that's <laughs> right so well rocco uh does that wrap us up for this show i think that pretty much wraps us up for today rob yeah, well, this has been fun. I feel like there's more we should be discussing, but there's always something out there going on with Linux that leads me to think that anyway. So Yeah, well, we could probably talk for another hour about just anything. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure. But unfortunately, I've got uh, eight inches of snow to deal with out there on the driveway. But you know, I've got a strapping young 13-year-old and a shovel. That's right. And you know what that does? <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap it up from here. We appreciate appreciate you all watching. And, again, let's recap, Rocco. So they're going to find uh, moving forward from this episode to episode five. So episode five will not be posted on your YouTube channel or mine. It will only be posted on the Destination Linux uh, YouTube channel. Correct. And so moving forward. And then we'll have our new uh, – podcast host which we'll put the link for is now um Potomatic. podomatic i don't yep. know why that name escapes me <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's important that you subscribe through the Potomatic rss feed because um, it won't no longer be going to the soundcloud rss feed. Right. this week i will put it to the soundcloud uh, rss feed but uh, next week starting next week it won't be. So it's important that you subscribe to that one. Otherwise you won't get it anymore.
0: But if listeners are still pulling through iTunes or Stitcher or something like that, the RSS feed should still be there for that as well.
1: Well, the RSS feed will still be there. It just won't be updated. Okay. There'll be a, there'll be a new iTunes, basically a new iTunes link for the new RSS feed. So they'll have to basically resubscribe just the same as they're going to have to subscribe to the destination Linux YouTube channel. In order to get the videos
0: gotcha gotcha okay well very good and that's
1: the first and last time I will ask anybody to subscribe to a YouTube channel (laughs) I absolutely (laughs) hate when people say hey like subscribe our video (laughs) (laughs) so um, (laughs) the only reason I ask you or or say about it at all is because you won't get it if you don't so that's uh, right because it's switching
0: That's right. And we just feel like that'll be helpful moving forward. So, and again, we appreciate you all watching. Uh, We appreciate the viewer tips and, um, and we look forward to more questions. Although again, uh, we're not, you know, we're just two average guys that use Linux. We're not, I'm not an IT professional. Um, I've never even played one on TV. And, (laughs) (laughs) but I did stay at a a holiday express last night. (laughs) So, we're happy we're happy to post your questions but we can't always answer those questions for you but our goal is as we kind of move forward with the show is to put it out there and and uh, let the community help as well so hopefully that'll all work out in future episodes so again appreciate you watching and uh, i guess we'll wrap it up from there have a good one rocco see you rob all right uh, take care.
1: At, see you man